This is the Implant Games Podcast with Chris and Austin, the show where we talk about old school games, collecting, YouTube, and more. This is episode 62. That was my pile, Austin. I can't remember. Uh, welcome to the... <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome to the, the Implant <laughs> Games Podcast. Where I'm your host, Chris Ginty, with me as always, Austin Mackert. Rustin, I feel like it's been a while. Welcome to the Implant Games Podcast, where both of your hosts are rusty. <laughs> don't and know they don't know what on. to say. <laughs> what? What are we... What is this? What is Implant Games? <laughs> when is the last time we recorded? This sounds like porn. <laughs> No, this is not a porn show. Implant Games. Implant Games, where we talk about, what, YouTube, collecting classic gaming and more? Something? (laughs) Something? That's really terrible. All right, Austin, it's been a few months, and for our listeners, I'd like to apologize, uh, but uh, I've been very busy, and I believe Austin has been very busy, and uh, I think we needed a little break. So here we are. We're here. We're here. And we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) <laughs> Do we right, actually have a, a game plan in this episode as far as like things I, to talk about? I didn't I, even... I, yeah. I, I have two things to talk about, and then I have a stack of games. And then I think I emailed... emailed I mailed you a box of awful games. We could talk about that as well. We could. Uh, although that's probably not going to last very long, but uh, we could. No. Yes. And uh, you've done a lot on YouTube, so yeah, I think we'll, I think we'll be Okay. Okay. All right, Austin. Did you have any thoughts on uh, the... Uh, I'm sure you've heard that uh, Microsoft is, I believe, funding a documentary crew. And uh, at the moment, or this past uh, few days, they have uh, allegedly dug up the Atari uh, dump of Atari uh, 2600 games, including the infamous E.T. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't sorry, really care Chris, either. I was... Uh... Yeah, I get a, get a, had to yawn uh, for a little bit. So, uh, no, that, that, that's that, that's been all over the news, and uh, you know, since I I kind of live on Atari age while I'm at work. I, uh, yeah, it was I all been, over Twitter this week. I've been reading a lot of it. Uh, so I don't know. It, it, it's cool, but uh, supposedly this uh, dump site was a well-known dump site for Atari items in general. So it's just kind of. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of spin this uh, documentary crew puts on it. Like, this is the gold mine or the holy grail of video games or something like that. And it'll be interesting to see what happens when it comes yeah, out. I'm but. actually very interested in the documentary. Uh, less interested in this whole live news thing. But uh, I think Microsoft is making a lot of movies for their Xbox video service. And this one obviously kind of appeals to what we're talking about, but uh, I'm curious. You don't know, don't tell me of... the uh, the Xbox Live video service costs about ten to twenty dollars a month, and uh, it's you know there's tons of advertisements Xbox... between each thing you watch. And I believe Xbox Live Gold is sixty bucks a year if you do it right. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe the little uh, cards go on sale at Best Buy a lot as but, well. But, I think but, the last time uh, I bought a year. But the Xbox Live video application, though. Oh wait, well, they're they're trying. They're Austin. gonna they're gonna try to sell it as a documentary on there. Okay, I got it. 
Sorry, I, sure. I got it confused. They I thought did. it was their like Netflix solution or no. I no. think it'll be like the Minecraft movie. I don't know if you watched that, Mm-mm. but I watched no. it when it premiered um, on Xbox Live Gold, and uh, it was really cool. So if they, uh, you know, if Microsoft wants to try and pump up uh, the value of an Xbox Live Gold account, I'm all for it. Right on. Now, if they want to, I think I would probably rent it for four bucks if it was a, a good documentary. Um, but I, I'm curious, Austin, to see where it goes. Uh, you know, you and I have watched a lot of really good video game related documentaries over the past, what, five, six years. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, I think there's potential. The actual live news as it happens, people on internet forums bickering, this is real, this is fake, this is the real million cartridge dump or all that kind of nonsense I I don't really care about. Uh, I'm sure some people are, and that's good for Microsoft that people are talking about it. Um, but I'm really more interested in the documentary when it comes out. Okay. So what what are these uh, these games you supposedly picked up these last few weeks? Or or, uh, or at least these other two games what? that you wanted to talk about or something like that. Um, what? I, not to go I on have... for, you know, 30 minutes <laughs> about Microsoft like we did in our last episode. I think I've had enough Microsoft talk for about the next five years. Um, but, Austin's uh, a hater. <laughs> not a hater, just just partially a hater. I, I don't know. I'm All just right. I'm just kind of Microsoft is on my crap list right now. So, uh, but no offense to Xbox One fans or any anyone like that. I've just had a couple of issues with Microsoft lately, and I we we did talk about uh, them a lot in our last episode. So I definitely don't want this veering off too much in the modern direction again been a while since well, we recorded. I did just buy a new Windows tablet. <laughs> oh, God, talk about for that. Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is fantastic, <laughs> but I'll move on. <laughs> you know, I actually bought a uh, an iPad mini uh, this past week. Oh, nice. Uh, I just, yeah, since you mentioned your tablet, I, uh, I got mine to run some tournament software for running pinball tournaments and stuff like that, but uh, I was also able to recover all my old... Um, Apple purchases from when I had an iPhone yeah. 3GS a long time ago, mm-hmm. so it's loaded with games now too. Um, That's so Nintendo. Are you listening? <laughs> when exactly. You buy a new hardware product. It, you want all of the old stuff to exactly. still be there? I, I had to actually jump through hoops to recover my ID, though that that was required for that because I hadn't used it yeah. in a while, and it seemed like my account was hacked, and uh, so I was having a really hard time. Recovering my username and password, I had to go through Apple uh, Apple Care support, and uh, it was yeah, it was kind of a nightmare. But uh, they helped me out in the end. I got what I needed, and now I have uh, a legitimate reason, aside from tournament software, to use this iPad, and it's pretty nice. Yeah, that's really cool. So it's pretty nice. But uh, yeah, you said you had a big stack of games you had recently purchased, but you also had a couple other games on your plate that you you wanted to talk about. What what were those? All right, Austin. I'll start with the uh, homebrew for the Atari Jaguar. Now, I believe we've talked about this, Austin, or you have probably talked about this before. Um, but uh, the reboot guys did a um, small print run, a cartridge run. I believe up till now they've only done CD releases of Downfall uh, for the Jag. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's enhanced a little bit, so it's called Downfall Plus. Uh, but the game should be structurally identical, but it's got a, a trippy background. Uh, which looks really, really cool. And uh, Austin, I, I have to admit, this game is uh, actually quite 
spectacular. You you bought one. See, that's that's amazing. You never told me, and I didn't think that you were even aware of the release. Um, you, you know, once in a while, I'll, I'll peek my head at the uh, Atari Jaguar forums um, because now, you know, while I'm outside having a smoke, I've got this beautiful Lenovo Mi 2 8 tablet and uh no so uh i did find out about it and uh i i did i did get one cool nice um so downfall really simple game i kind of searched the internet a bit atari age uh, all the links and i'm not totally sure where this game started or where it came from i know there was a i think it started with an atari 2600 game homebrew that never got finished and then I think they took that and then ran with it on the Jag. But I'm not super sure. There's, I don't know how much you know about you know, the history. There's, uh, yeah, there's some kind of history like that involved in terms of the Atari scene. But uh, there's been a lot of these fa- uh, fall-down type of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple on the iOS. I'm sure there's some on Android. Uh, so it's not really Windows. a new, probably, it's not really a new concept. But uh, in terms of the homebrew, yeah, I think it was... I think they probably got the idea from the 2600 homebrew. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the Jag one, is, it's very nice. I, I remember playing the first Downfall, and I think we even talked about it on some of our earliest episodes. Yeah. Um, it's just a, a really fun game. And I like the original version because it had Sega Genesis-style background layers of scrolling. And it mm-hmm. had like, yeah. it almost looked like it was like 10 layers of scrolling, uh, maybe more in the background. And it was really cool. And... Um, what I like about this plus version, which I unfortunately have not played yet, uh, it, it, I like how they really spruced up uh, the visuals in terms of the backgrounds yeah. and so forth. And uh, it's really cool. And it's a really nice little release. And uh, the game was a blast to play last time I played it, uh, the original Downfall. So, And this is supposed to be identical in terms of gameplay. Uh, yes. I, I'm, I, I, it's hard to tell in videos, and I haven't... Uh, played it yet myself uh, is the screen resolution actually higher than the original as far as you can tell like uh it, no. it's not okay because the characters in the videos almost look like they looked better as well could um, be different capture uh, uh you know something like that well i know reboot's but, got their their new raptor engine they've been worked on mm-hmm. working on for quite some time now and i was just curious if maybe i don't remember yeah. if i read that this was on the raptor engine or using that those libraries or uh, yeah, because I, just for reference, Austin, I do own the original CD as well, mm-hmm. so I, I have done a side by side. Oh, comparison. you have? Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know you had the original as well. Yeah, interesting. Well, Kevin, look over at you, very fan. nice guy. No, yeah, the reboot and guys he, are great. Gave it to me. Um, so, no, definitely. Um, no, that's cool. I actually had no idea you even had the first one, or maybe you told me at one point, and I just no. Forgot. He yeah. uh, he he tossed it in the package. So okay, cool. thank you awesome i'll take it yeah um so yeah it's a fall down game basically all you can really do is move left and right off of platforms and fall down to the next platform and the screen's scrolling up and if you hit the bottom or your head hits the top uh it's game over um downfall air has three power-ups there's a, a jet pack um which does about what it sounds like it would do there's a like a hot air balloon of sorts that slows your descent when you do <laughs> fall and then there's uh, shoes that give you like a little hop. 
Um, so those are the three items, and uh, yeah, the the cartridge release is really cool because um, it has online uh, scorekeeping. So every time you die, uh, it gives you a code, and you can enter that online and show up on the high score table. Yeah, their games um, typically do that. Yeah, uh, I think. I don't know where I'm at. I really wanted the top spot. I'm not going to lie. And I, I put a lot of hours <laughs> into this game. Um, it looks like I've been demoted down to 12th, unfortunately. Um, looks like some sick, sick people are up to 103,000 points. For reference, I'm at 29,000 points, um, which actually represents a long chunk of gameplay. So I don't know how many. I mean, that must be like 90 straight minutes to get 103,000. Wow. Austin. I don't. <laughs> uh, it's astronomical. And the thing is, it's so easy to die in this game. Like one small, tiny mistake, and it could cost one you your entire game. One break concentration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That most of my deaths were either a lapse in concentration or a leap of or a fall of faith that didn't quite pan out. But uh, a <laughs> fall of faith. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot. I've written a review, um, so I need to record some footage and get that all up. But uh, because they were so nice to to send me the. CD version as well. I, I definitely I, I want to get that up there, get that on YouTube, so everyone can kind of see what the the cartridge release is all about. Well, now um, that you uh, have uh, are going to do a review on it, that means I don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> Austin would just turn around and sell it anyway. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shame on you, Chris. Low blow, man. Low blow. We haven't recorded in a month and a half, and you're going to dip to that level already. I, I got I got eight weeks. I got to catch up on. <laughs> All right. This one, Austin, you did know about. Um, did I? I would like to say I had a lot to talk about with the, the Midwest Gaming Classic, Austin, but I kind of don't. Um, oh yeah, this, that that happened a few weeks back. You went there, I, you for the fourth time, and uh, played a lot of pinball, and uh, you know looked at a lot of vendor tables, and uh, you know the the very first time I went to the Midwest Gaming Classic, it, it was very exciting. Um, you know, as it a I don't even know. It was really exciting. I'd never gone before. It was a, a really big event, and uh, I had a lot of fun. And then the second year I went. Uh, it was kind of more of the same. The third time I went, um, I spent a little more time playing pinball and doing the free things to listen to Ben Heck speak. And then last year I ended up not going. And then this year I went and that new convention smell had worn off for me, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, uh, it's just more of the same. If if you've gone to it three times, I don't think going to it a fourth time is really going to change anything. Um, if you're the type of person, you know, that's really good at, you know, talking to everyone around you and making friends that way, and that's the only time you're ever going to see them again is next year, or, you know, uh, I, I don't know. For me, though, Austin, uh, it, it just didn't have the same luster for me anymore. Yeah. Um, but I did end up buying one item, uh, which Austin immediately <laughs> said, I hope you didn't pay that much. Because, <laughs> yeah, Austin's what, what, every what? bit as nice as I am. I know you, you really absolutely <laughs> loved this game based on your reviews back in the day. I mean, you were like... I like this it. Was it is perfectly game. fine. I no- noticed my sarcasm, by the way. Uh, what, what game did you pick up, Chris? I got Musha on the Genesis. <laughs> I don't know why he's laughing. You owned Musha on the Genesis. Except that Musha was like my favorite Genesis game of all time. Slight difference. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. No, I did. I did pick up a loose copy of Musha. Um, something I've wanted to own for a while, Austin. I was a little disappointed um, when I had borrowed yours. It was more or less already sold. Um, you just let me borrow it for a couple of weeks and, and get my uh, footage recorded and stuff like that. Um, but so now I own my own copy, um, and I'm happy to own it. It is a good game. I don't think it's the best shooter on the Genesis. I don't think it's the best shooter of the 16-bit era. I don't think it's the best vertical shooter ever. None of those things. It's a perfectly fine game. You know, I did play through it again, and it's fun. It's just, it's not amazing. Austin is the exact opposite. Chris, are you there? Hello? Yes. Hello, Chris? Chris, I can't hear you. Chris. Oh, no. I can't tell if he's being sarcastic or if he can't hear me. <laughs> with Skype, you can never tell. Yeah, I know. You can never tell with Skype. <laughs> um, but So uh, I think I reviewed that, what, Austin, two years ago. It's been a long time. It's been a while, and, two or three uh, years Playing it now. again yeah. hasn't changed my mind. Um, so, yeah. No, I did buy it. I'm, I'm happy to own it. And uh, I'll, I'll probably never sell it. That's good. Unless, uh, Unlike yeah. the, the bucket loads of other games you listed oh for sale. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, that uh, I, unfortunately, movie. was not able to buy because I, I spent my money on other games like Hellfire for the Genesis yeah. and Thunder Force 3 for the Genesis the day after. Um, I'm sure a few will find their way over to uh, Virginia, Austin. <laughs> um. Next up, Austin, uh, this is actually a NES game that I've wanted for... This is not at the Midwest Gaming Classic. That concludes the Midwest Gaming Classic portion of this. So uh, I would definitely encourage you to you know search on YouTube, find some videos of other people. I think a, a few big YouTubers actually made it for their first trip, like Gamestray81 and a few other people. Um, so if you really want that enthusiastic, wow, this is amazing, I, I would definitely uh, search YouTube and see what you can find. Uh, but for me, my days of YouTubing anything about the Midwest Gaming Classic are over. Because you will offend somebody, and it's just not worth the aggravation. <laughs> um, uh, this game, actually, Austin, I don't remember when I saw this or where I saw it or who did a video on it. Might be nice in games, I can't remember, but uh, Cassilian on the NES... Um, it's like I don't a, remember if anyone we know did a video. I know that we had talked about it uh, years back when I was playing Tower Toppler on the Atari ah, Seventy Thunder. That's where it came from. And then you we started it. we started searching. I didn't actually do any videos, or if I did, it was when I was still using my camcorder. And I don't remember most of those videos now. Um, but, <laughs> You've blacked them out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of wish I Sorry. kept them, but I kind of deleted them and just. Apparently didn't have a backup, so... Look um, forward, not back. Yeah, but the point is, we remember we were talking about that, and we were looking at footage uh, while doing an episode and comparing the NES to the 7800 and C64 versions and things like that. It's an interesting little game, although hard as hell. I mean, it is... Yeah. Did you start playing it? Yeah, it's freaking impossible, especially with the time limit. <laughs> it's really, really hard. Yeah, it's very, very. Mm -hmm. Basically, you're on a, like a a tower. A, a, 
you know, a cylinder. And uh, it sort of makes it feel like 3D. So when you move left, the tower sort of rotates and the camera's on a fixed point. And, uh, like, if you go through a door on one side, the the tower rotates and you come out the other. And it's an interesting way to avoid, you know, obstacles and things like that. But it is very, very hard. Um, the controls are really good and the graphics are really, really pretty. But, my God, is it hard. Pretty much anything, any mistake you make, you will just fall down the tower and either you'll pretty much be at the bottom uh, in no time. And then combined with the time limit, it, it just makes it very, very difficult. But, uh uh, it's a game I've wanted for a long time just because I thought it looked so cool. And uh, every time I'm at any store uh, that sells NES games, I go straight to the season, look for it. And two years later, I finally own it uh, with a box and manual as well. They uh, This game was actually, for those Euro- European listeners, it was actually known as Nebulous in other regions. But in America, they called it Cassilian for some reason. Which I guess Cassilian actually kind of makes sense because you're kind of going up castle looking a castle things. yeah uh, so nebulous i'm not yeah. sure where they got the name from but uh that is actually what this game is that we're talking about so for you uk peeps out there uh yep yeah, we're talking about the same game and it's got man that game is so hard oh yeah it really is um i, I remember game. getting to stage i want to say level three maybe on the 7800 version and uh you know, it was a cool game, cool concept, and but uh, I don't know, man. It's tough. Uh, the gameplay isn't balanced enough, obviously. If Austin can't make it past three in a game, there's a problem. Yeah. All right. So, uh, happy to own it again. Um, don't think I'll ever probably do a write-up on it or anything. Um, it's more of, it's just interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's the most common uh, sh- uh, game either on the system. No. So hey, that's that's cool. You got an uncommon game in your collection as well. But uh, yeah. Oh. So uh, what else is up on your play, Chris? You picked up some other games, I suppose. Yep, we're not even halfway through. Wow. Austin. <laughs> I know. This is why I, I I binged, and now it's time to purge. Um, the original Spyro the Dragon on the PlayStation. I never played um, that that series at all, really. Me ever. either. Um, I don't even think I tried a demo of it. It was just, yeah. I remember playing a demo either from a, a PlayStation magazine or possibly the demo that came with my original PlayStation when I got it. And uh, I I want to say recently there's been a few YouTubers that have reviewed it. Possibly some call me Johnny or The Completionist or, or somewhere in that range. Some call um, me Johnny. I think he was going to review it. And he did mention it, um, but he hasn't done it yet as far as I know. Yeah, so then it must have been the the completionist, and uh, I remember playing the demo, um, you know, as a teenager and, and finding it interesting. And then uh, when I saw the videos of it, and then I think somehow it's tied into Skylanders, which is some huge phenomenon that I'm totally oblivious to. Um, so uh, I picked it up, Austin, and I spent a few hours playing it. Um, it's not a terribly difficult game, uh, but it is actually kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, good music, uh, really good graphics for the PlayStation, actually. Um, it almost feels like an N64 game in some ways. Uh, you know, the N64 would obviously have much smoother textures, but just the overall polish and feel, it, it, it's very Nintendo-esque. Um, and it's more or less just like a, a search and rescue game, you know. Uh, the enemies aren't terribly difficult, and you just sort of wander around these beautiful worlds uh, freeing dragons, so... 
Uh, I did get that, and uh, I kind of wanted to just play that original game where it all started, and uh, yeah, there's another one. Cool. So, no in-depth thoughts there. Uh, the next one, Austin, I can't actually remember when I got this, or if we've talked about it, and uh, I apologize, but I did pick up uh, Breakout for the PlayStation. Ooh. Now this, I believe, after Atari folded, yeah, and then uh, uh, I believe JTS sold the rights to Hasbro, and Hasbro yeah. started making three uh, can... remakes of a lot of the games, like Centipede, um, mm-hmm. blah blah, Breakout, Pong. Uh, I think they even had something based on combat for the PC. Yeah, um, and uh, most sure. of them were kind of. I don't know. I, I didn't really play Breakout or Pong that much. I do have to admit, Pong actually looked kind of cool based on the videos yeah, I've seen. I remember seen. seeing it in magazines back um, in the day. And for whatever reason, I thought it was really cool. Oh, you know, all these old Atari games are being remade in 3D. You know, not really understanding, you know, this isn't the real Atari anymore or anything like that. And that was before, you know, playing retro games was really cool. Mm-hmm. So they were a bit ahead of their time. But uh, uh, perfectly serviceable 3d version of breakout um there's some enhanced controls sort of you can actually uh rotate your i don't know what what do you call the thing on the bottom your paddle paddle so you can rotate your paddle um a little bit left and right there's two different ways or degrees that you can rotate it which kind of uh changes it up a little make gives you a little more control over the uh the ball um but yeah uh, overall Decent. Again, I, I don't see playing through however many levels are in there, but it was $4, so why not? I uh, I had their Centipede remake. Actually, technically I do, because I have it on Dreamcast for my Dreamcast collection. But uh, I remember having Centipede back in the day and you know this having the single player be kind of lame. Like, it was... In the case of Centipede especially, it wasn't really a retro throwback as much as it was just like a, a, new, reimagining. a, a reimagining using the old IP with goofy characters and stuff like that. It was, uh, I don't know. The best thing about Centipede was the PC version where it had literally like a 3D remake of the original Centipede style gameplay, which was separate from the normal story mode. Uh, so what mm-hmm. I found on the PC version was actually just playing pretty much only the 3D Centipede remake, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I, I think uh, I kind of wish that they just went that route with pretty much all of those Atari games. They would have been fine. But uh, again, I haven't played Breakout. If you say it's serviceable and it's decent, then that's cool. Um, Pong looks like it's kind of along the same lines. Serviceable. It's you know it's 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 there, but. Uh, I don't know how much playtime I would get out of something like Pong, though. It's just back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. I don't know either. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, an interesting kind of tying it to the beginning with, you know, E.T. and the Jaguar dying and all that. It's just, you know, the Atari company and the name and the IP has definitely had uh, an interesting journey, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what? Uh, kind of along the same lines or on a similar thought is you mentioned you know, retro throwbacks. And that was really when like retro throwbacks became a thing was the mid to late nineties. We started getting lots of compilations. We started getting all these 3d remakes and a lot of the retro throwbacks you see today, or even just retro compilations today or 3d retro remakes today, 
kind of owe it to those ones from the mid to late nineties and partially Hasbro for doing theirs, yeah. you know, and they also managed to get, uh, IPs like Frogger and Qbert and they did the 3d remakes of those too. Oh, yeah. Um, the Qbert yeah. one was actually pretty good. Uh, still is actually. So, but, uh, Activision did their asteroids 3d remake, which was an Atari property. That was kind of interesting. I don't know how they managed that one. I guess they just licensed it like Hasbro did for uh, Frogger. Just milk and that Hubert. Atari cow as far as you can. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Licenses for everybody. <laughs> so, interesting period of time to have lived through, I think, uh, in terms of, uh, of that. So, uh, what's next up on your list? Um, next, another PlayStation game, Austin. Because I don't really know. I've been on a PlayStation kick, or at least a PlayStation buying kick. Um, but I bought a Ridge Racer a 4, R4 Ridge Racer, Ridge Racer Type 4, whatever. Interest, I would be interested to, to hear your thoughts on this one, because I know you didn't like Ridge Racer 64, and it's kind of based on this game. Yeah. Um, I have to be honest, the same exact thing. The, the, I just find the the controls, the, the drifting mechanic just isn't as good as uh, the modern Ridge Racer games, not by a long shot. Um, I actually pretty much only picked it up because the second disc, uh, there is a second disc that gives you a turbo mode, um, which is... It's, it, well, um, it's, it's not turbo mode. It's a it's like a 60 frames a second version of Ridge Racer Revolution, I think, or at least one track or two. Um. um it is, I believe, actually uh, one track from Ridge Racer 4, which I guess is, you know, a track from every Ridge Racer game ever. Um, and you can choose between two cars. And it is actually, they do call it Turbo Mode. Um, bonus Turbo Mode Disc. And uh, it's exactly that. The back actually advertises it, and the disc menu itself advertises it as a 60 frame per second high-resolution mode. Um, the resolution portion is actually wrong. It, it is running in 480i rather than 240p, uh, but there is no additional resolution here. Um, but it does run in 60 frames per second, uh, which is really, really cool. And they did that by getting rid of uh, the textures, specifically on the car itself. Uh, so it's just a flat or a, a guru-shaded uh, polygonal car. Um, and I thought, well, man, if it's running at 60 frames per second, maybe the, the controls will feel a little bit smoother and, you know, it'll be something interesting, um, if it truly is running on 480i to, uh, throw at the XRGB mini and have that be part of my review, uh, for that device. Um, but it's not really running in a higher resolution. It's still an interesting tech piece. I always find it interesting, uh, when Saturn N64 or, uh, PlayStation games, you know, do run in 60 frames per second. Or, or are running in a higher resolution just because it's kind of pushing the hardware beyond what it was supposed to do. Or it was just doing what it was supposed to do and most developers mm. just avoided it. <laughs> Got lazy. <laughs> but, you know, it's also interesting to, to have a company, you know, like Namco say, this is a tech demo, an internal tech demo we made to see if we could actually make this at 60 frames per second. We determined we couldn't, but we want to release it to you anyway. Like, to me, that's really, really cool. Yeah. Ridge Racer 4 was, uh, I think, a big hit on the PlayStation. It was yeah. a big seller. And thus, it's not a rare game at all today. Mm. It's very easy to come by. And, uh, yep. It's, uh, yeah, I, th I think it's a very highly recommendable game. But, you know, the drifting mechanics, they take some time to get used to. And uh, 
I've never had a problem with the drifting mechanics in Ridge Racer there. I adapted to it through Ridge Racer 5 and then working my way back, you know, the drifting mechanics Mm -hmm. weren't really that much different in the older games, so... Um, yeah, it's just yeah, it's like Musha, just somewhere where you know our opinions differ, and that's fine. You know, um, same with Ridge Racer sixty four. I mean, I fought through it, I beat the game, and it just didn't grab me. Ridge Racer sixty four, um, I liked a lot until my car started getting so fast that it was almost impossible to <laughs> stay off the wall. And I was like really good with the drifting too. I mean, I was. Mm-hmm. It got extremely difficult. I pretty much just had to give up on that game. Um, That's why. What's the 360? Is that Ridge Racer 6? Uh, yes. Um, same thing. I actually played the hell out of that game, but there became a point where the, the game gets so ridiculously over the top with what it expects you to do that I, I, I couldn't proceed any farther. But um, I also have Ridge Racer on the PlayStation Portable. I, I love both of those games a lot. Really, really See, strong titles. Ridge Racer 5 on the PS2, I never had that problem, which was interesting. Like I made it all the way through to the end of that game. And never had that problem of never being able to stay off a wall, you know. But mm-hmm. Ridge Racer 64 and Ridge Racer 6, unfortunately, I never made it that far into, so I can't vouch for that one. So That one, actually, everybody in the house, both kids have played the hell out of that game. I'm, it, it, it's really stood the test of time. Um, and I, you know, I look forward to playing 8 or 9 or, you know, whatever's down the road. Yeah. Ridge Racer Wii U. Yeah, I don't think that'll nice. ever happen. It probably won't. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's given up uh, on the Wii U, yeah. except for me. Buy a Wii U, guys. It's fantastic. Austin, uh, I have two games in here that I have not played, but I figured uh, I would let you know that I bought them. Um, so I the can local ridicule you. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm being uh, mean today. I'm sorry. My. No, you're being pretty normal. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Um, The local game store, um, the one where I've gotten a lot of of really great items, uh, Game Trade, um, had their three-year anniversary, um, and they had a buy two, get one free on... uh, The sky was the limit um, on any used games. Um, So I have three games and i can't for the life of remember which three they were but i know what two of them were um castlevania symphony of the night on uh, the playstation mm-hmm. um which i would like to play uh, i would like to play through bloodlines on the genesis and uh, get that under my belt and then move on to this game uh, it might be a year away it might be two years away but uh, something i'm happy to own austin I know that uh, most Castlevania fans really, really like that particular title. Yeah, absolutely. It's. I'm not sure if it'll be your cup of tea because uh, it might be. Yeah, this could actually be quite an addictive experience for you. Um, well, it'll it'll be interesting to see what you think of it, and uh, yeah. So yeah. So I th- did you do a video of that during your Castlevania matter- marathon? I can't remember. Uh, I did not. No, not yet. Okay. Maybe this year. Um, yeah. If I do a marathon again. You and uh, your brother. Uh, yeah, no. no, I don't, yeah. He's, no. he's kind of, I don't know. He's not really motivated to do a lot of videos and stuff like that. I don't know. I try to get him to do stuff that I'm into, like pinball and videos, and he just kind of, yeah. meh. Okay. I mean, you're living in a household where you have the ability to do this. It's like, take advantage of it while you can, man. Yeah. He just sits in his room, Um, either works on music or plays video games. That's it. 
that sums up yeah. his life. Right on. Um, but um, <laughs> anything what a weird thing to bring up on the show. Sorry, man. <laughs> um, uh, what's uh, what else did you pick up? Uh, anything uh, else, or is that, does that pretty much wrap it up? No, I, I've got five more titles, Austin. <laughs> I thought it was two. I, I told five. you. No. Um, okay. The other of the buy to get one. This was the one I actually grabbed because I needed a free game. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the uh, Super Mario Mario All-Stars limited edition on the Wii U. On the Wii. On the Wii. And, uh, yeah, I didn't really buy it for any other reason than it was... Free. Free, sort of. And uh, I don't see ever playing it um, because I own it on the Super Nintendo, it's, to be honest. It's SNES ROM on a Wii disc. That's all it is. <laughs> uh, there's no uh, modifications to it. Um, yeah. Uh, really shame about that collection. And we talked about it, I'm sure, back when it was new. When but, it came uh, out, yeah. It was just so much potential on that release, but N- Nintendo just really missed the mark. Uh, they sort of made up for it with the Kirby collection. Um, I mean, granted, the the games themselves are ROMs on the disc, but they actually added in like this brand new 3D Kirby uh, pseudo puzzle adventure type of mode. It's really cool, um, and they delved into I think like the history and stuff like that, and it's just a way more fleshed out release uh, the Kirby collection. So. You know, it's kind of like Sega when they did their what twentieth uh, anniversary of Sonic. Or 15, 15 maybe, I don't know. And we got, what, the the really bad Sonic game, Sonic 2006. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, you had all this time to really celebrate it and reboot the franchise and, and do something amazing, and it was just meh. And then Nintendo, even worse, where there wasn't even any ambition involved. They just said, uh, here's Super Mario all-stars like what (laughs) you know give me like a high resolution version of mario 64 or something i I just can't comprehend the the lackluster release yeah i mean they they have so much in their back catalog to work with and mario all-stars was fine but it's just the the, and it would have been fine if it was just the rom on the disc if it was fleshed out a lot more like they added if it didn't say 25th anniversary mario this is huge and then it's just meh just the rom on a disc (laughs) yeah there's a bonus disc i don't think any i don't think there's anything on there that's really that exciting it's just super mario brothers music like I, oh, I, that's right. It was a music I CD. like the music from the games, but I don't. it's not the kind of music I'm going to listen to outside of the game, I mean. No, Maybe if I had all. kids and they wanted to hear it or something, but, I mean, I don't. Yeah. So, sorry, Nintendo, you missed the mark. Uh, uh, on the bright side, there was a Club Nintendo card on there, and the uh, points hadn't been redeemed yet, so <laughs> there's that. <laughs> hey, win-win. Uh, then, the next game, Austin, that's on my pile, and I don't know why. Uh, Wipeout 3 on the PlayStation. Oh, that's cool. I have that. And, uh, you know, I was actually going to sell it, and I decided to hold on to it because uh, I hadn't actually played it yet. And, you know, I'm a big fan of Wipeout 64, and I know Wipeout yes. 3 came out around the same time, uh, and it's a different game. And so I I had it back in the day, barely played it, so I wanted to revisit it and see if it would be something I would really enjoy. Um yeah. So uh, I've, I've yet to give it a go. Maybe that's something that we should both plan on playing around the same time and uh, then talking about it on a future episode. Yeah. So Yeah, I know we're both huge fans of Wipeout 64. 
just the, the, there's so many things that were wrong with the first couple of titles that were really fleshed out and then with the uh you know the 64 could do better graphics than the playstation it's a really good showcase mm-hmm. title the draw distances are beautiful the textures are very detailed it's not muddy just really 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 well done game and just a really fun racing game and i'm not a wipeout fan so uh that was kind of my gateway drug to the series and and i'm hoping austin wipeout 3 kind of carries that momentum um and is a really good title uh my first experience was wipeout on the saturn um that i didn't really care for much if i'm honest yeah wipeout um, on the saturn it's a little lackluster um i mean it, it's it's a playable game it's it's half decent but it's got a lot of pop-up it's the visual are really muddy the i don't think the uh polygon counts quite as high as the playstation one so i mean the ps1 version is what you would really want to play but even then the original wipeout is really dated in general and i think uh, the saturn version of the original wipeout was more forgiving about scraping walls compared to the playstation version i want to say uh yes and no i was kind of playing it i was playing it a few weeks back actually i had picked it up uh cheap disc only and uh yeah it is and it isn't um i don't know it's just that that the original wipeout on general is is dated uh it was really wipeout xl i think where the series really began to shine like wipeout yeah. one don't get me wrong was cutting edge for when it came out but oh yeah you know over 20 years later it's or pretty much 20 years later yeah it's been almost 20 years now uh, it's yeah. it's dated, but uh, you know the series definitely improved with each successive release, up until that PS2 abomination. But uh, <laughs> fortunately, they 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 turned it around again with the PSP releases, which were pretty good, and now a Vita release, which is all right. So nice. All right, three to go, Austin. All right, uh, Outrun Two on the original Xbox. There you go. There's a winner. Yeah. This game is actually um, really damn good. Uh, so far, I've only played it on the 360, <laughs> uh, which has a few frame rate issues that don't happen when you're playing on original hardware. Um, so when I oh, uh, revisit oh, so this, you're, you're playing. You're talking. You're actually playing the Outrun 2 disc on your 360. Yes. Okay. Don't do that. Because play it on an original Xbox. There is Outrun uh, uh, Outrun Live Arcade, which is unfortunately no longer available. It was delisted because hmm. I guess Sega. Uh, I guess the Ferrari license lost ran the out. Ferrari yeah, license. exactly. Yeah, that would have to so, be. It. Which is never really makes any sense to me. I mean, like the product's already there. Like, why it does? I don't. I don't know. It's weird. But uh, who knows? But no, uh, I I look for I I uh, I played through um, you know a few times, put in my quarters, and uh, graphically. The Xbox was kind of an amazing piece of hardware um, when you see some of these games, but Outrun 2 especially is... It's a beautiful is, game. I mean, it's it's so... Yeah, it, it's nearing, you know, Xbox 360 quality, to be honest. It, it's so unbelievable. The, the frame rate and the detail, and um, it's going to take me a few hours to really get used to those drifting mechanics, um, but uh, really looking forward to spending a lot of time with this game. It just oozes quality, and it oozes Sega's uh, late 90s arcade style. Uh, it's cheap as hell. It was like 5 bucks. so I really look forward to putting some time into that. Yeah, Outrun 2, in my opinion, guys, is a must-buy for the original Xbox. Simple as that. Uh, there was also a 2006 Coast to Coast Outrun, 
uh, mm-hmm. which was basically Outrun 2 Plus, so to say. You can look at it that way. It's got some extra uh, like mission modes you can play. It's got uh, altered courses. Uh, it's got this new slipstream mechanic where if you sit behind a, a car, uh, you actually speed up and you can zip past the car and it'll boost your overall miles per hour higher than it's supposed to actually be able to go. So you can, you know, so there's a little more strategy involved as well, but it's really rare. It's very tough to come by. And if you go try to buy them on eBay, they're probably at least 30 bucks. Whereas the original Outrun 2 is only $5. I think it mm-hmm. sold pretty well when it came out. I know I was working EB Games when that game came out. I was really pushing it hard. Uh, and I'd put it on the demo unit, even though we weren't supposed to, you know, trying to sell it to people. And it seemed <laughs> to work. People played it and they liked it. And they enjoyed it. It's arcade-style racing at its finest, uh, or at least yeah. I guess I should say linear arcade-style racing. And li- linear is not even the right word, but OutRun is always the kind of game. You're not running laps. You're trying to get from point A to point B, yeah, and that's it. Exactly. And then the, the game pick ends. It up and yeah. play. Exactly. So. And uh, that's one of the reasons I've always enjoyed the OutRun series. And uh, But OutRun 2 is a must-buy for the original Xbox. So if you don't have it, buy it. Yeah. Simple as that. All right, this is another game I really wanted to own, and this one seems to be uh, popped up on YouTube, or at least on my subscriptions a few times over the last couple months, and that's the original Crash Bandicoot for the PlayStation. Right on. Um, I've played a few Crash games. I'm not an expert on the series. You know, I played a few demo discs. I own one of the games on the uh, the original Xbox. Um, played Crash Team Racing on the Xbox, and... Uh, you know, it's another one of those series. Um, I I had my PlayStation only a year before the Dreamcast came out, um, so I didn't spend a lot of time playing PlayStation games. You know, I pretty much went from the Genesis to the Dreamcast, and uh, you know, as you can see from this stack of games or hear from this stack of games, you know, there's a lot of games I want to go back and kind of check out. And uh, you know, the original Crash Bandicoot was uh, was a milestone game for the PlayStation and Naughty Dog, and you know, really 3D platforming. So I look forward to to going back and playing that. Um, based on the reviews uh, that I've seen on YouTube, it seems like it's it it's uh, it holds up pretty well. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it, Austin. Oh, I love the first Crash Bandicoot. Uh, actually, all three are, are really fun platformers uh, mm-hmm. that are difficult, which is good. Um, yeah, oh, really, really fun games. I played the hell out of those games. Just yeah, I don't. Yeah, they're just really solid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a good transition into 3D. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, good. Good stuff. Uh, something about the the first crash, especially. Actually, some some call me Johnny. Uh, did a, a video trilogy on. Well, actually, he did four reviews on the crash games. No, five. He did all four. of them. No, he did the first three, and then. The Crash Party game and then the Crash Team Racing. I think he did those together. Oh, okay. It doesn't really well, matter. He covered I don't five know why games. I'm with yeah. you. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I, I guess some people say the Crash Part One wasn't nearly as good as the rest. But I guess it depends on how you're playing it. Like I found the first Crash to be the most fun and enjoyable for me in terms of trying to get through the game. Um, I think if you're playing it to collect every, uh, to complete it effectively, yeah. correct, then there's some flaws. But if you're just playing it to beat it, it, it doesn't sound like you're going to run into any weird issues. No, and uh, it's got a good challenge level. It's not an easy game. I don't think it's an easy game at all, really. Um, 
especially towards the end of the game. It gets pretty tough, but uh, yeah, apparently the game has some major flaws when you try to actually collect all like these special items and so forth. And after watching Johnny's reviews, I, I could safely say that I, I don't feel bad for never having tried to collect everything because it seems like even if you do, you don't really get anything for it. It's just, yeah. I mean, uh, there's no amazing like secret unlockable or anything like that or a special, really, really special ending. Um, but the game itself, just going straight through, collecting all... I love it like when you hop on a bunch of boxes of or just hop on a bunch of boxes or like you know there's like a wall of boxes and you jump and you use your spin attack and it just like destroys all of them at once and then uh, it just feels really good and it's, it's, it's like a strange satisfaction yeah exactly and like likewise when there's like a big group of apples and you collect them all and it's just like yeah like it's it's hard to describe it like the sound effects it makes and like it just it's addictive and it's fun um it's addictive and fun to me in sort of like an old school super mario brothers kind of way where it's you're hopping on enemies and you're grabbing tons of coins at the same time and it always felt good you know yeah um except crash bandicoot mostly takes place in this like behind the back view with some side scrolling sections which can be a little awkward at first but uh it's kind of like um like the modern uh, Sonic the Hedgehog games, uh, Generations or Colors, um, or even uh, Sonic Lost World, um, where you're kind of moving forward down like a predetermined path, sort of like a side scroller where you'd be going left to right. You're going, you know, frontwards. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but <laughs> versus an open 3D world, it's very, very linear, very obvious where you're supposed to go, what you're supposed to do. Yeah. But no, I, I really look forward to playing through that as well, Austin. And then uh, last but not least, this is uh, kind of gets back to more our roots, Austin, where we're really into like the, the less popular systems, the less popular games, and you know those hidden Wait, gems that you nobody bought some, knows about. You bought some CDI games? No. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> no, Sega CD, which okay. commonly is referred to as a terrible system with nothing but FMV games, which is totally false because there are tons of great sega cd games and uh i'm slowly fleshing out my library but uh the original terminator on the sega cd oh yeah you messaged me a, a few weeks back saying this game yeah. is great i was like okay <laughs> it is have you ever played uh the terminator on the sega cd i, I have I, I wasn't uh blown away by it uh it seemed like a competent action game licensed action game which was sort of run-of-the-mill uh, or part, sorry, you... part for the course from that time period. There was lots of licensed uh, action platformers back in the day in the 90s that were kind of like, yeah, they, they, they get the job done, but they aren't striking in any particular way. And that's how Terminator came off to me for the Sega if, CD. If you liked, it's made by Virgin, uh, Virgin Games, who did a lot of Disney games uh, back in the mid-90s. Um, so it actually, when I started playing it, um, it's just like, I'm like, man, this feels so familiar. Like there's a lot of frames of animation. The screen moves very smoothly. Um, when you change direction from left to right, it sort of puts you on that side of the screen. There was something just very familiar about it. And then, uh, it pretty much plays exactly like the jungle book or the Virgin, um, Aladdin game, um, the Lion King. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if it uses the exact same game engine, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so if you like those games, um, you'll actually love this game because it's pretty much the same exact thing. 
Um, and I, I do like those games, so I really enjoy this one. But uh, the soundtrack is really good. Uh, the FMV cutscenes are really, really bad. Uh, the level design, for the most part, is really good. Um, it's not a, a graphical powerhouse by any stretch of the word, but it's got big, you know, big sprites for the enemies and your character, and it, it just plays really well, Austin. I I've actually thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't know how rare it is. I'm sure it's not common. Um, most Sega CD games uh, aren't really that common. Um, and since it's a good game, you'll probably have to fork out a little bit for it. But, uh, you know, just another really good Sega CD exclusive game uh, that I've thoroughly enjoyed. Cool. Well, at least you enjoy it, and uh, I guess that's what counts. Yes. Sucker. <laughs> yes. Oh, I mean... Uh... I mean, it's yeah. way better than Musha, that's for sure. Oh, uh, I see how too. it is. Um, there's <laughs> this big red hang-up button. I think I should push that right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. We've made it 52 minutes. So that kind of, Austin, I think, um, there's more games that I've bought, in, um, but these were the ones that I've either played bought or wanted in. to. Yeah. Well, that's a Wisconsin thing. There are more games that I bought. <laughs> Say button. <laughs> don't don't make more, me, man. <laughs> <laughs> there are more games that I've purchased um, that we'll talk about in future episodes, but I, I think this kind of catches me up to, to where my collecting habits have been. And then, as Austin has said, uh, I'm looking to sell a lot of things. Right now, I'm kind of in the middle of a, a goo-gone spree, getting rid of all of the stickers that are all over these. Um, I think you saw where Karen um, worked on getting the sticker off of Shenmue 2 for me, yeah. and... Uh, uh, I think I'll go on Facebook and make that photo public on my timeline. Um, so if any of you are interested, I've got a list of about 52 games and a few other oddities that I'm looking to sell. And you can definitely message me on Facebook if you're interested at all. Or you could just post it on the Implant Games page. I don't know. And then uh, I'll probably put it on Atari Age after that. And then uh, whatever doesn't go, which I imagine will be a majority of it, I, I will just throw up on eBay. Yeah. And then I th- a couple games will go your way, Austin, for sure. Um, like I, I, Quake 2 is, is probably easier to just you know send to you than it is to go through the aggravation of trying to sell it. Yeah, you'll probably get like 2 or $3 for it. Yeah, so... Um, you know, and I'll probably procrastinate for four months, so you'll see it in time for Christmas. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That That's my pile, Austin. That is your pile. Maybe that's what we yeah. should call the show. This is the my pile. pile. <laughs> this is my pile. That was my pile. That was my pile. Oh, man. Well, I mean, I could talk about stuff, but we're kind of... Uh, we're kind of running short on time here. Did you, uh, well, let me just say, I guess I'll say, um, I just wrapped up a Let's Play earlier today for Thunder Force 3 on the Sega Genesis, and um, it's a, it's an okay game. It's an okay game. Uh, Thunder Force 3? Yep. Genesis? Yes, sir. And, uh, you okay. know, this was a game that I had played back in the day. And I just felt to be kind of average. I, I don't want to say mediocre, but uh, the first than Musha, the, the, <laughs> way worse than Musha. Um, the, the problem is, is that it's not that it's a bad game or it's incompetent or anything. It's that I played part four in the series first, which to me is almost perfect in every way. 
And then I yeah. went back and discovered part three afterwards and was like, Ugh, felt dirty afterwards almost. <laughs> it's not really a bad game. Uh, the game came out in 1990. Part four didn't come out for another two or three years after. And uh, it's just, it feels dated by today's standards in terms of, well, obviously it's going to feel dated. It's, you know, 24 years old as of recording this episode. But, um, you know, I'm just not a huge fan of some of the level design and how, like, the weapons feel and how the enemies come out of the screen. It just doesn't feel as polished as Thunder, Thunder Force 4, which makes sense, you know. But now, I I have not played Thunder Force 3, but I effectively own it on the Super Nintendo as Thunder Spirits. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. And yeah, I, I don't know how similar the two games are, but it didn't grab me in any way, shape, well, or form. Well, the Genesis version is definitely a lot better than the Super Nintendo one, so there is that. Um, okay. But that's that's definitely a, a good thing to say, is that I, it just, even now, still, it hasn't really grabbed me. I mean, I, I'm somewhat enjoying it. I kind of like the game, but at the same time, I'm kind of like... It's just generic. It, it feels generic to me. Uh, it doesn't feel... It just feels like a game of its time. There's a lot of Genesis shoot 'em ups that just feel like they were games of their time and they haven't really aged that well. You know, and they're not that much fun to go back to and play today. And uh, But, uh, you know, I would definitely be interested to hear your guys' thoughts on the game. Go to the, uh, you know, the, the podcast page for this episode at implantgames.com. Post a comment below. Let me know what your thoughts are on the game uh, and obviously anything else we've talked about on this episode. But, um, it's going to be kind of yeah. hard for me to describe too much more about the game. Uh, I would... It's hard to talk about an average game. I think I did. I, I think I'm one of my recent, <laughs> one of the, that's relatively speaking, recent videos I did, Austin. I, I basically, the premise of the episode was not only a review of a game, but how difficult it is to review or even just talk about an average game. Um, I don't remember, but just the way that came up it reminded me of that yeah like when a game is terrible it's fun to talk about like i've got a, a couple of weeks ago i finished my review of checkered flag and then i just couldn't be bothered to sit down and record the footage of it because i didn't <laughs> want to play it anymore like, it was really easy like i pounded out 800 words about why this game is bad really really easily well, i think it was super mario land actually the, it was super mario land for the game boy I, I struggled to make a video of it because it was so average yeah, I've actually been trying to review some some things lately, like the Sega Classic Genesis game console or whatever put out by Ad Games recently, uh, as well as some other accessories and things like that, and I just can't be bothered. Like, I started writing a script, <laughs> and then I, I spent weeks and weeks at the script, and I was just like, you know what? I have nothing to say. I am There's not no story yeah, to tell. Or there is a story to tell, and it's just going to be so boring and so dry that... I just don't feel good doing it, you know? So I was just like, okay, I'm not officially not going to review this device, even though I bought it to review it. I'm, I didn't yeah. buy it because I'm going to use it. I bought it to review it. <laughs> but that's that's my shortcoming. I, I just shouldn't have bought it to begin with because it's just... I, I guess I had hopes it would be good, but it wasn't. And thus, it made it really difficult to write about it. Uh, so without sounding like a raging alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, you could go all... Yeah, yeah, I think the let's scream about a video game market is uh, saturated. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, with that, guys, uh, you know we've pretty much hit the hour mark just about. I guess we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. 
So, what do you say I'm, to that, Chris? I don't remember how to end the show. <laughs> I am Chris. Definitely check this out, uh, implantgames.com. Uh, leave a comment, share with your friends, subscribe on iTunes, leave a star rating, something. Um, uh, if you do have any questions or concerns, though, definitely uh, let us know. We'll talk about it on the next episode. Implantgames.com, leave a comment, and uh, we will be back Thanks in for- two weeks this time with another episode. Um, after that, though, yeah. we, we can't predict what we're going to do. So I, I don't know. <laughs> Sooner or later, we'll go weekly, and thousands of people will listen, and it'll be wonderful. <laughs> or this will just be me and Austin's therapy outlet. I'm not really sure. <laughs> All right. Austin, did you need to plug anything? Uh, I am awesome. I am awesome. Austin is awesome. And on that note, uh, we'll see you all in two weeks. 